Welcome to the Making Connections podcast with your host, Spencer Raposo. This podcast was made to interview current registered kinesiologists in Ontario and talk to them about what they do and where they see the future of the profession going. The goal of the podcast is to get a conversation going about kinesiology as a regulated health profession in Ontario. Each episode, we'll bring on a new guest with loads of experience as an ARKIN that will share their story and any advice for any new ARKINs and kinesiology students about current opportunities in the field. This podcast is sponsored by Kinformation. Are you studying for the COKO ARKIN exam and need some guidance? Go to kinformation.teachable.com for a free study guide course on how to start your studying today. Link will be in the show notes below. Today, I interview Madison Hudgens, Registered Kinesiologist and Director at Breast Rehab, located in Ottawa, Ontario. Madison graduated from the University of Ottawa in Human Kinetics and has been a registered member of the COKO since October 2018. Madison is very passionate about women's health, which helped lead her to find a unique clinic opportunity with Breast Rehab. In this episode, she tells us why she declined all her grad school offer letters what helped her decide women's health was was her niche and the most important thing to do as a new kinesiologist. So welcome to the Making Connections podcast today, Madison. I just want to say thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. So I want to just get started with the conversation and let you speak to listeners and let them know how long you've been a kin. And then thinking about starting from the beginning, let us know your background story and to get to where you are today. Um, Yeah, so uh, I've been a kin since 2018 when I graduated, so three years now. Um, I studied um, at the University of Ottawa and I did a Bachelor of Science in Human Kinetics and uh, following that, I registered that fall. Um, before I even, you know, really went into university, um, I was always an athlete. I was a gymnast. I was a swimmer. I was a cheerleader. I was um, always very active. Um, and I grew up in a household um, with everybody working in healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely knew that's kind of where I was going to go. Um so going into uh, kinesiology was, was a great option for me. Um, right from the beginning, I loved the idea of being able to be a regulated healthcare professional, um, mm-hmm. as well as right, that kind of active lifestyle that I'd always had. So mm-hmm. throughout university, um, I was involved in uh, students' council as the vice president of social affairs and then as the president. Um, uh, and I started kind of my more clinical journey uh, after my first year volunteering as a physiotherapy assistant in a long-term care home. Um, and then from there, I kind of continued on. I did an internship placement um, in a chiropractic clinic. 
Um, and then I had my first job at uh, a multidisciplinary physiotherapy clinic working with MVA clients. Um, following graduation, you know, I had that moment that I think everybody does is, uh, oh my God, what now? Mm-hmm. Um, after being a student uh, from the time you're four until you're 22, you, you kind of just assume you know, that you have to keep going to school because that's all you've ever known. For sure. Um, so for me, you know, I, I applied to, you know, every graduate program there was <laughs> um, because I didn't really know what else there was because, you know, as much as I was in kinesiology and um, I knew a little bit about it and I had planned on doing my registration exam, I really didn't know much about the profession even after yeah, studying it. For sure, for sure. And I think a lot of people find that as well. You know, you know, it's there, you know, it exists, but well, what is it really? So my next step was, you know, obviously I've got to go to grad school. And so I, you know, applied to um, physio and Cairo and RMT and mm-hmm. um, was offered admission everywhere. And I, you know, had a year off to think about it. I, I had deferred mm-hmm. the offers for a year um, and I declined all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the more I learned about um, kinesiology and, really what it was as a profession. Um, mm-hmm. And so from working uh, with MVA, I then transitioned into um, working in long-term care as a recreation manager, which um, was very, very different. Um, and then I, back in the fall um, of 2020, after months of being laid off during the COVID-19 pandemic, I found myself in love with my new clinic at Breast Rehab. And so I started there as a clinician and I um, quickly worked my way up into a clinical management position in the new year. Um, and a couple of months later, um, I had my performance review with my um, now former boss, um, now colleague, um, you know, and you go into a performance review thinking, you know, you're going to ask, you're going to be asked, what do you do well? What can you work on? And those conversations did happen, but so did the conversation of, do you want to buy my clinic? Um, <laughs> which was not, you know, something that I, I thought I'd have the opportunity to do this young or as a kinesiologist, uh-huh. but you know, the stars did align. And so um, this spring I uh, took ownership of breast rehab here in Ottawa. And so that's kind of where I'm at now in an ownership um, position. I'm the director there um, as well as a practicing kinesiologist. No, that's that's an awesome story, and and that's essentially <laughs> why I reached out to you because I saw um, that I'm like, oh, you graduated from school not long ago, and you had all these different experience, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're looking into hiring people for this, and I was like, oh, I looked a little bit more into it, and then mm-hmm. yeah, speaking with you, finding out that you were offered <clears throat> the chance to purchase and and mm-hmm. become the owner of this is is something that's awesome because I don't know many different kinesiologists that own or run different mm-hmm. sort of clinics so it's always mm-hmm. interesting to hear about their journey because some of them build it up from scratch some of them like yourself you kind of are in the right place at the right time and you you, yeah. you show up and the other person thinks you would be a good fit so mm-hmm. that's a, definitely an incredible story um, mm-hmm. that uh, you had and definitely the main reason why I reached out to you to come on the show today yeah so essentially now that we're, we've gotten caught up with your background, your schooling, mm-hmm. all your different positions, um, before I kind of get into what you do as a kinesiologist in your current role, I wanted to touch base on some of the previous positions that you had. So 
Um, yeah. I'm here just looking at your uh, LinkedIn and just seeing mm-hmm. all the different positions. Um, out of all of them, which one do you, did you feel helped you to grow as a clinician um, the most? Because I know you had almost every experience that a kinesiologist possibly could before you <laughs> yeah. got to where you were. So uh, I'm yeah. sure your insight would be very helpful. Um, I think um, the position that really kind of opened my eyes the most to, you know, what a kinesiologist could do is actually a volunteer position. Um, I volunteered starting in my fourth year as the athletic trainer uh, for a hockey team. So I worked with uh, a U18 AAA team up here in Ottawa. Um, And it was kind of the first taste of autonomy, I would say, mm-hmm. as a kin. Um, I think a lot of times kins get grouped into this idea of, oh, you're a kin grad, you're a PTA, um, sure. which is, you know, is not a bad thing, but it's just actually just not accurate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're kin grads and a lot of us are registered kinesiologists. And so um, I wasn't registered at the time when I started with um, the team, but I was, um, I was it. I was the medical team. I was first mm-hmm. aid. I was trainer. I was rehab. It was me and only me. Um, and so that was kind of the first position where I had a chance to, you know, do it all and, and, and have some autonomy and make big decisions on my own. Um, and, and I grew a lot, you know, there were some, some scary times, but a lot of really fun times. And, you know, everybody that I worked with all the different, um, trainers on different teams, some trainers were, you know, a mom who was a nurse and other trainers were sports medicine physicians. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of those people had really valuable things to teach me. And so, Throughout that, you know, journey, I was able to ask a lot of questions and learn a lot. And I met one um, trainer in particular who was a registered kinesiologist as well. Um, and uh, we, she was kind of the one who really said, you know, why are you looking at going back to school? Like, why do you want to do that? And I said, well, I don't mm-hmm. know what the heck else to do. And so for sure, for sure. Um, she was, you know, really great to say, you know, you can do everything you're doing here, but in kind of any field you, you want. Um, and so that was kind of the one that really um, steered me towards kinesiology and, you know, urged me to really take a year mm-hmm. off school and really think about things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the clinic I was at when I first started, um, you know, I didn't love it. MBA was not mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was not my forever. And so it was hard coming out of school and being in that and having to kind of figured out for myself that, you know, it's not that I don't like my profession. Um, it's that I don't particularly love this client base. And so once sure. I started to bring in, you know, other things that I love, I've um, all throughout university and, and still currently I volunteer as a birthing support companion uh, for at, at risk moms in Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. So I love women's health. I've always loved women's health. So kind of being able to bring that into play and, you know, bring the active rehab into play all just you know tied in this perfect little bow of what breast rehab was to me and so um being able to really see that we can be autonomous um through that position as the trainer um was really what kick-started all of this yeah i'm sure like you said a lot of students and anyone who's listening can really resonate with that uh because as a kinesiologist and this is something i'm still learning all the time you can do a lot more things than you think. And yeah. uh, it goes back to one time I had a talk at, uh, with some students through McMaster and they mm-hmm. asked me, 
like are you able to massage people like is that regulated like can you do that I'm like yeah like I'm like oh I didn't even think about like that like yes you can perform manual therapy or do some form of massage as a kinesiologist Mm -hmm. I don't need to be a registered registered massage therapist to do that so it's crazy to really look at our scope of practice and then really Mm -hmm. comparing that to others and saying that yeah we can do a lot of things obviously most people or all people need to do some sort of extra certification or training to be uh, competent in that area but you can do all that things all those things Mm -hmm. and that's what's really kept me as well in the profession is kinesiology because um I didn't I always thought I had to become a physio or an OT or 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 Cairo etc because Mm -hmm. that's all I knew which I was on the same page and then once I was able to learn as a profession kinesiology I can do all those things and more Mm -hmm. um, that I, I can kind of really make it my own and that's what I love about your story is that's exactly what you did is you you discovered yeah. that yeah I could do all those things and I don't necessarily need to go do more schooling because mm-hmm. I'm sure um, the fact that you took on this opportunity to um, take on this clinic I'm sure there was a part of your mind at some point that maybe that would be a thing that you would become a physio and then start your own clinic at some point so yeah. you almost kind of kind of skipped a step uh, just get, that, yeah, exactly right now you kind of yeah so no that's that's awesome one thing I wanted to go a little bit more into um, mm-hmm. as you go in after we'll talk about your current role is what really got you into women's health. I know that's something you said you've always been interested in. So I'm really curious to hear where that interest came from. And then we'll chat a little bit about what you kind of do in your role at uh, Breast Rehab. Yeah, um, my interest in women's health, I mean, I've always been um in like fairly female dominated athletics. So, you know, I did uh, all-star cheerleading, I did gymnastics um, and stuff. So I was always really around a lot of, uh, you know, strong women in my life. But what really, really drew me to women's health um, was a professor at the University of Ottawa named Louise Edmonds. Um, And I took, you know, any class she was teaching, whether I thought I'd like it or not, just because I wanted Mm -hmm. to learn from her. Um, and she wasn't actually a professor in my faculty. She, while well, she was in the faculty of health sciences, but she was not a kinesiology professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she taught um, a class called the psychosocial um, aspects of aging, uh, history of healthcare, um, and and another one that had to do with kind of social, uh, oh, social social determinants of health. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very first one I took was social determinants of health, and that was really the first time, you know, my eyes were opened super wide to um, some of the disparities of women's health around the world. And even we Uh see here. Um, Uh And that course was very eye opening. And she was very much a person who, you know, would say the the most controversial thing she could say and kind of would look at us like, you know, what are you going to do about it to change that in the future? Uh And it really got me thinking of, you know, maybe we are the generation that can make those changes and have those things mm-hmm. supported. You know, it used to just be that, you know, women um, have children and they stay at home and their pelvic floor dysfunction. It's fine. That's just what happens after you have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, no, you know, you should be able to run without peeing your pants. Those are things that we can work on. And so mm-hmm. those are disparities that in the past, it's just been, oh, it's normal. And it's not, you know, and a lot of studies they do and have done have been on men and only men even if it's for women which Uh you know is a little comical because it really makes no sense but that's what they did and so 
in that class, it really, really highlighted to me, you know, how important women's health is Mm -hmm. uh, and how important it was for us to speak up. And, and so that's kind of really where I got, um, hooked, I would say. And that was Uh the same semester that I found the volunteer opportunity with Mothercraft Ottawa, helping Uh support um, at-risk moms um, uh, through um, their final trimester, through labor and delivery, um, and then through postpartum as well. And so that was kind of, you know, my first real hands-on experience outside of academia was um, that role. And it was just... it is so amazing being able to see how strong these women are and be mm-hmm. able to help them. And, and so trying to, you know, help women all throughout their lifespan and stuff. And, you know, not that it's um, a fun part of women's lifespan, but you know, one, one in eight women in Canada will have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately is a really big part of a lot of women's lives. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to combine my, you know, love of true medical um, and women's health, um, w- this was the perfect opportunity. Um, it really just, you know, ticked all my boxes, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel very, very, very um, special that I'm able to have a position that does that. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, where I've come to today is working on a, um, a different kind of swing of the pendulum of women's health, but, uh, most definitely, um, uh, just as important no and yeah like you like you said your your passion started right during school and it was emphasized mm-hmm. with that volunteering experience and then how funny is it now that uh, you find this position at breast rehab and then now you are looking to become the owner uh, yeah. and operator of that so it's crazy how really you, you can follow your passion and yeah. see where that leads you so that's 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 fantastic mm-hmm So now that we talked about the background, kind of how you got to where you are now, I really want to dive deep, deeper into your current role. Um, Mm. So if you can give the audience a little bit idea about what kind of major things you do with uh, individuals, typically with clients, obviously, everyone's Mm. different, your day to day as a a kinesiologist there, and then you can even touch upon a little bit now about uh, your role as a director, uh, looking Mm -hmm. at what other things you have to do on top of your kind of clinical setting as well. Clinical stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we we see primarily breast cancer. Uh, we do see some other cancer patients as well, um, as well as some prophylactic or um, cosmetic uh, breast surgeries as well. We also do some gender confirmation surgeries um, for top surgery as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see a little bit of everything, but, you know, I'll, I'll talk mostly about breast cancer because that's probably... 85% of our, our clientele is, is mm-hmm. breast cancer. Um, um, my role as a kinesiologist, you know, I've taken, you know, and, and you spoke to this really well, Spencer, was that, you know, everybody has the opportunity to work within this beautiful, wonderful, huge scope that we have as kinesiologists, mm-hmm. but you have to take extra training. For sure. <laughs> um, and so I, I have um, my level one lymphedema certification, trying very hard to do my full certification, although it's been canceled three times <laughs> because of COVID. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, I have my level one lymphedema certification. And so that was kind of my first step in, in doing training. So I see a lot of lymphedema patients. Um, a lot of our women um, who have lymph node dissections um, are left with 
lymphedema in their arm after their breast surgeries. And so we see mm-hmm. um, a lot of people with lymphedema. So I do a lot of manual lymphatic drainage massage, um, compression bandaging, fitting for compression garments. And I also am, an, am a certified fitter um, for compression garments, both um, upper and lower limb. So I do a lot of compression fitting um, as well. And then when we're not working with lymphedema clients, um, uh, I do a lot of um, manual therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. I am working sometimes one-on-one with my own clients, sometimes as an assist to our head physiotherapist. Um, She is a wonderful resource. She's a physiotherapist and a registered nurse. And so some of our very complex surgical cases um, you know, her guidance is, you know, incredibly appreciated. And so we work, um, we like to say, you know, we're not necessarily a multidisciplinary team, but rather more, uh, a better way to describe it as an interdisciplinary team. Uh We are very, very intertwined. We all see the same patient, whether they need, you know, PT that day or RMT or kin, we all see everybody so that they have really good outcomes. And, there's a lot of science behind that as well that, you know, people um, in a lot of studies tended to complete the rehab programs early um, and not actually be able to reach the full study timeline when working with interdisciplinary groups. So that was kind of um, mm-hmm. a cool thing. So we really try to model it off that. So I do a lot of manual therapy. We, we deal with um, a lot of shoulder dysfunction uh, and restrictions. Um, we do some basic wound care um, as well as um, uh, a lot of work on uh, myofascial restrictions and adhesions uh-huh. and scars. Um, mm-hmm. And then most recently we've, we've really dove into, and I've, I've definitely been the spearhead on this before I owned. And, and now that I own, I, I still really follow through up with this um, is uh, I recently was uh, certified as a breast prosthesis and custom bra fitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see um, a lot of women, uh, for um, fittings for their breast prosthetic, post mastectomy or lumpectomy if they need a partial um, and a custom bra fit, um, you know, after surgery as well mm-hmm. as getting them ready with their post-op vest. So my day is a little bit um, hectic. I do a little bit of everything, but I love it. It keeps me on my toes and it keeps me, you know, fresh and, and I'm never bored. And then, you know, on top of that, like you said, um, I've got to run the place. And so, you know, I, the other duties, you know, a lot of those things are in the background and I don't think people always really understand what goes in the background of owning a business, you know, everything Mm -hmm. from, uh, marketing and and networking, 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 that is, you know, the number one thing to do, um, as well as things like HR and payroll and helping Uh with the bookkeeper and making sure that the lights get changed, right? Like you're kind of, you do a little bit of bookkeeping, a little bit of clinical, and you're also the handyman most of the time too. So Uh um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful role. Um, But it is, it is very busy, (laughs) I would say. Uh Definitely. I I could imagine, right. You're juggling all these hats, but Mm -hmm. it's awesome to hear that you feel that it's more of a interdisciplinary that you guys are really working. So I'm sure everyone is able to help out everyone. With different, Absolutely. with different stuff and the fact that you're working closely with all these different sort of other professionals um i'm sure you'll learn a lot from them and they learn a lot from you so that just helps yeah. the helps the patients helps your team helps the clinic and it helps everything so that's great mm-hmm. to hear. awesome so 
now that we chat about your background story and what you currently do as a kinesiologist, uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to speak a little bit on now your overall experience so far as a kinesiologist. So like we said, you've, you've done everything almost mm-hmm. that you've, you can do as a kinesiologist. Um, and now you're in this current role. What would you rate your experience now as a kinesiologist for other people who are potentially looking at wanting to become a kinesiologist? Yeah, um, being a kinesiologist is, is great, but it, it definitely doesn't um, always come easy, I would say. Um, kinesiologists really, um, you know, we have to kind of fight for our profession. Um, we're, we're small, we're you know, we're bigger than people think, but we are a small profession um, and, and we're relatively new um, and we don't always, you know, get the recognition that, you know, I believe we deserve. For sure. um, you know, as kinesiologists, um, we have this wonderful um, scope of practice that we're able to practice within and that, you know, a lot of people you know, colleagues in the world of kinesiology are true, true, true experts. Um, and that doesn't always get recognized. So, you know, the world of kinesiology, it is bright. It is very, very bright. Um, and my experience, you know, has been, has been very good um, overall, but it definitely didn't come without, you know, a fight. Every time, you know, people kind of ask what you do, you have to explain what it is. And, you know, yeah, my favorite, sure, my sure, favorite is, sure you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm a kinesiologist. And they're like, Oh, so like physio. And it's like, you know, yes, we share a lot of common. In our <laughs> yeah, scope. Yeah. No, I'm not a physio. And so constantly having to explain what I am and what I do and why I'm important, you know, it definitely can be challenging. But, you know, if you're willing to, you know, advocate for yourself and advocate for your profession, um, which I am definitely willing to do, um, mm-hmm. and have done, it's great. And it's, it's, it's been a really good experience. I've had lots and lots of opportunities. I've had tons of really great mentors. I've had a lot of people who are, you know, very open to kinesiology as a profession and, and kinesiology as a leadership profession. You know, my um, former boss who, you know, she still works with us and she's, she's wonderful. Um, she's a little bit like my lifeline still. Um, mm-hmm. she's a physiotherapist and a registered nurse. And, you know, of all of the people who she could have sold her clinic to, she chose me a kinesiologist. And so it's definitely been a really good experience for me, but it definitely doesn't come without a fight. Yeah. And I think that's the overall message from, uh, all of almost, or most of the people that I talked to on the show mm-hmm. here is, I mean, they, I, I reach out to them cause they've either built something or they've done something or, mm-hmm. you mean, they've done something significant that I, I found out about it and it was interesting, but all of them yeah. are saying the same thing that as kinesiologists, it's not just, you know I mean, you, it's all given to you a lot, a lot, a lot of the people had to work for it and you know, put in those mm-hmm. time and that effort to build something. And then it gets noticed later down the road, but it takes all exactly. those different experiences, takes all those, uh, all that time to really to really figure out what exactly you want to do and mm-hmm. some people right are still figuring out but yeah definitely um as a kinesiologist a lot of people's experience comes back from trying different things seeing what they like and don't like because kinesiology in itself isn't one thing it's so many yeah. different things so you really need to kind of try and taste different things to really know what you like and don't like yeah no i totally agree it's a very very broad scope, which is wonderful. And, you know, your opportunities are kind of endless. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to figure it out for yourself. There's definitely things within the scope that, you know, I would never uh, dream of telling somebody I'm competent in because I've never done them. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that I do that somebody else has probably never done. And I think that's a really wonderful thing about our, our profession yeah. that we can be so specialized. For sure. So now I wanted to look at where you see the future of kinesiology going as a profession. I know you've been in it for a little bit, so you've tried a lot mm-hmm. of things, but um, I know you touched a little, bo- a little bit up on it about kinesiology and its future, but mm-hmm. I wanted to give you a chance to really give your thoughts on where you see the future of the profession going. Yeah. Um, I mean, my dream is that, you know, every health team has a kinesiologist. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that that's up on the horizon yet, but um, you know, I think, I think it's really bright. Like I think um, as we're gaining more traction, um, you know, people are starting to recognize who we are and what we do and and the value that we bring. Um, And I think that's, you know, a huge benefit. I think one of the biggest things, and, you know, it's an unfortunate thing that holds people out of the profession, but I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people really struggle with within the profession of kinesiology is, we're not always recognized and, you know, you may love being a kinesiologist, but the compensation isn't always there. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, money isn't everything. Absolutely not. But um, people have to pay rent or a mortgage and a car payment. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think, you know, as we're gaining more recognition, like every day, you know, I'm seeing more and more posts on hospital websites with, you know, great, great, great jobs. And I think, you know, I think every hospital weight loss program needs a kinesiologist. And I think every, Mm -hmm hospital oncology team and I mean of course I'm biased in that but yeah for they sure. need, need a kinesiologist mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. we have people come to us all the time who we get a call we get calls from physicians that say you know um so and so starting radiation in two weeks I need you to get their arm up above their head for their radiation and they come in and they have you know 10 to 20 degrees of range of motion in every direction and you know we make it happen and so yeah I think those things are really important so I do think the future is really bright. I think slowly but surely the recognition is coming um, definitely from other healthcare professionals, you know, you know, within my, you know, through the world of rehab, anybody I talk to and um, they know what a kin is and they're, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, good for you. That's a hard program. You worked really hard and there's starting to be a lot of recognition with within, which mm-hmm. I think is a really great um, step in the right direction. I think, you know, the recognition in terms of um, a little bit greater compensation would go a long way for keeping people, retaining people in the profession, sure. which would help grow it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also think, you know, and it's an unfortunate uh, thing as well that we're so accustomed to, you know, how much does my benefits cover and that's what I'll take, but having yeah, benefits uh, cover kinesiology mm-hmm. would be a huge step. But, you know, I think, I think we're working towards that. And I think that's always something that, um, the college is working or Ontario Kinesiology Association is always working towards and we're always trying to advocate for ourselves and you know the, the more we network with um, you know the companies like Sun Life and Great West Life and the more we network with them and we network with physicians and we network with um, the people who have a say in those things um, the more they understand you know the importance that we that we have in, in a team um, so I think it's bright I think you know we still um, need to really fight and really advocate for what we can do and, you know, the value that we bring because we are incredibly valuable. Um, but I, but I think, I think the potential is really there. I really do. No, I totally agree with all what you said. It's uh, something that, well, like you said, the wages and compensation needs to be addressed mm-hmm. and 
the recognition needs to be there and with the public as well as providers of insurance. But mm-hmm. I, I agree that, yeah, as things keep going, you start seeing kinesiologists more. Um, mm-hmm. People talk about themselves being a kinesiologist. Uh, people will start to see that. And I think that's something that even myself, I'm, I'm hopeful that I want to start to branch out and really inform the public more and let yeah. them know what more of what a kinesiologist is and does because it is confusing. And I mm-hmm. think that's um, sort of a double-edged sword, I guess, with it being such a broad scope is we do so many things. So it's very hard to identify us. Yes. Uh, whereas let's say when you go to, you know, you get hurt and you want to rehab, you go to physio, um, yeah. for example. So it's very easy to identify. Whereas kinesiology mm-hmm. is, oh, you can do them for ergonomics. You can see them for personal training. You can see them mm-hmm. for breast rehab, right? Yeah. You can see them for so many things. So I think it's, it's, it's really challenging to create that identity for a kinesiologist, but we just need to find a way to kind of broaden um, broaden our scope in terms of what people understand. And I think with all the um, definitions of like the CEOKO and OKA have as yeah. what a kinesiologist helps to identify that. But again, it's very broad to really mm-hmm. say, okay, do I go to a kinesiologist for this specific thing? It's like, yeah. yes or no, it could also be this. So it's very challenging. Yeah, I think so. I think that you know, it's, it's wonderful that our scope is so big. And I think it allows us to do so many things and have so many people follow their dreams in, in the profession. But um, I think in terms of the public, you know, they don't always understand mm-hmm. who, when to come see us. And I even get it from, you know, other people in the profession, you know, I, I explain what I do and how I do manual therapy, and I work on scars and um, some basic wound care. And they're like, are, are we even allowed to do that? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, as yeah, long yeah. as you're, you're competent. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think just the constant education within and, and without uh, the, um, the profession, I think is, you know, important. Yeah, no, definitely. So as we start to wrap up the, the show here, uh, I wanted to leave you some time to chat with or leave some advice for any kinesiology students that may be listening or mm-hmm. some advice for any new kins that are, are trying to figure it out. And uh, maybe you can give them some words of wisdom here. Yeah, I think um, the number one thing that's really helped me um, to be successful um, is really connecting with people and networking and being involved. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything I don't I don't think I would have gotten anywhere near as where I was if it wasn't for being involved in students council and curriculum committees and with my professors and you know I think being connected within your rehab community and mm-hmm. um, you know seeing them really as a community and and using that community to grow and um, to build connections is is a great thing um, so I think you know stay connected reach out if there's somebody you see on a Facebook post or um, you come across on LinkedIn, you're like, oh, that kind of looks cool. Don't just stop there, you know, message them and say, you know, I looked at your profile, I see, you know, your most recent job or your former job or whatever it was. That looks really cool. You know, would you have time, especially in this day and age, we're all doing everything virtual, would you have time for a phone call or for a Zoom, you know, meeting or something? I would love to learn about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, volunteer, just put yourself out there. And I think building those connections is you know, the number one thing you can do as either a, a kin student or, or a new grad 
um, or somebody looking to enter the profession, that's kind of your, your key to success. And I think the other thing is, you know, um, you know, the, the kind of brutal, honest truth is, you know, being successful in the world of kinesiology, it's not going to be handed to you. Um, it's, you have to fight for it a little bit. You have to, you know, know your worth and be competitive and, and not competitive against each other. But I mean, you know, when someone says, yeah, we'd love to have you on our team here, $16 an hour. Um, you can't say yes to those things. You know, that's, you're worth more than that. You're a four year mm-hmm. university degree with a regulated health professional title behind you. And so I think really knowing your worth and being able to advocate for that um, is really important. And I think, you know, the best way to do that is to connect with other people and be able to talk to them and say, you know, Hey, I'm trying to, you know, break into this market of, you know, whatever it may be. Um, how did you do it? Right. Uh-huh. You know, we have to help each other out. And so I think, you know, connecting, connecting, connecting and, and really being able to advocate um, for yourself and your importance and, you know, know that you are worth, um, you are worth every penny and, and you're, you are a huge asset to the team. And so um, making sure that that's communicated well, I think is really important. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I'm really actually trying to, trying to do with this podcast right is the making connections podcast where i'm trying to connect with other like-minded kinesiologists to learn about Mm -hmm. their story because in quite itself i'm really interested to hear about this because it Mm -hmm. is really cool to hear what you went through what you do because it's very Mm -hmm. unique and then now that i'm able to i have the internet and i can share these conversations so then other people know about it as well and they can make connections with yourself or any mm-hmm. of my other guests, if they're curious about all these things, because um, like you said, I, I agree. It's at the end of the day, it's connecting with people um, yeah. is the most important thing to get things done. Cause you never know what like, one phone call um, conversation leads to another. And yeah. you know, I mean, things, things happen. So it's, it's Absolutely. a little bit of luck, but it's also putting yourself out there and making sure um, you're adding some value and service to other people and people will Absolutely. give back. And uh, yeah. So definitely, um, making connections podcast was really based upon that because I mm-hmm. uh, around COVID last year a year a little bit over a year ago is when I started and I was really mm-hmm. thinking about what I wanted to do um, right. and I was like as a kinesiologist I can do so many things but I don't know so I started to call and reach out to people and mm-hmm. then I was like I might as well record these conversations because they're I feel like they're very valuable, you know, valuable to other people mm-hmm. who may have the same questions and then I can share it and then push comes to shove I think um I'm, I think I'm 20 plus episodes now in the last yeah. <laughs> year so I mean so that's definitely super super important because it's led me down the road to meet a lot of different people connect with mm-hmm. them collaborate with them get some ideas keep in touch with them because uh like you Absolutely. said at the end of the day that's the number one thing yeah I agree so Last thing I wanted to go through here was give you an opportunity to share any resources or different platforms that you feel would be helpful for any of the listeners. So whether that those are some books that you feel are textbooks, I guess, courses, mm-hmm. other podcasts or people of interest or other influences that are currently in your life or previously in your life that felt that you felt really helped shape uh, the therapist and kinesiologist you are today. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, everybody who is considering kinesiology or wants to be a kinesiologist should join um, the Connected Kinesiologist group on Facebook. For sure. (laughs) I think that's a huge one. You know, I've uh, had lots of people um, 
reach out to me for things. You know, I've had people who have said, you know, I want a job where you are. Um, it's mm-hmm. been good in terms of ownership, but it's, I've also been able to help as well. Like, um, you know, I have people who are working, I can, I've connected with people who got, they're working more in the personal training side of it. And they've kind of posted things saying, I, you know, I have a client who has a pick line. I'm not sure what to do. Does anybody know? And because we work in oncology, we have tons and tons of protocols for mm-hmm. working with a pick line. And so um, it's a lot of give and take. Um, and it's great. Like it's, it's been good. And even just to see, you know, somebody posting, you know, my, my clinic's doing this, I'm wondering if anybody can help. And it's like, oh my God, that's a really cool thing that they're doing. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I just find, you know, it really opens your eyes to what people are doing in the profession. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as, you know, it's an easy, you know, an easy way to put, put a question out there or, um, mm-hmm. meet somebody in a group of I think there's like 1400 people in it right yeah, and so I sure. think that that's um, I think that's a really good thing um, I think LinkedIn is really good too like I you know in university everyone's like make LinkedIn make LinkedIn and I was like ah oh, you know I don't really want another social media platform but <laughs> For sure. as you know as I've gotten into the profession I'm like okay it's not social media um, and it's actually a really great resource and so um, being able to you know see see where people are going and connect with people in your area and as people you know, move out of the city and into the city. And I think that's good um, to follow as well. So in terms of making those kind of connections with people, um, those are kind of my go-tos as well as like conferences, whether they're virtual or not. Of course, yes, it's nice in person to go and talk face-to-face with somebody. But I mean, it's still even nice just so that, you know, if you're going to a webinar or something um, and your name comes up and then when you send an email to somebody or a fax or something, they're like, oh, I, I think I know that person from somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and the name is familiar. And, and often that kind of starts a conversation of, you know, your name's really familiar. Did you attend this? And it's like, yeah, I was there, you know? And so, uh, you know, yeah. attending those things and, and putting yourself out there, I think are really good and finding those conferences is, are, are important. And, you know, for me, I, I try to attend things that are, you know, around breast cancer or the Ottawa hospital or Queensway Carlton. And that's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, my local um, area um, in terms of staying current um, and in to- on on top of, um, uh, you know, medicine and, and science and as things develop, I'm like a huge, huge, huge um, TED Talk science junkie. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I really like those. And they're not always, you know, super specific to kinesiology as a profession, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of really awesome science and a lot of things that just gets you thinking and sparks ideas and a lot of times it does pertain to it you know they talk a lot about um different medications coming out or different technologies for stroke patients and just things like that that you know that may pertain to you someday or that may be important to you so I think you know all those things are good I'm I'm you know I'll be really honest I'm not a reader you know since I've left university I read the least amount of textbooks I can possibly read yeah I didn't um, even read textbooks in university so yeah I, yeah <laughs> I'm so, on the same page <laughs> yeah so I'm not I'm not a reader um I'm you know I would happily attend I love going to training you know I've done the breast cancer rehab course I've done the lymphatic drainage course I've done two certified fitting courses um, I'm in the middle of my yoga teacher training course right now. Like I'm a big courses person, um, but I'm not a big textbook person. So I can't, you know, necessarily recommend any textbooks. Um, although I do still hold my anatomy and physiology textbook near and dear to my heart from university and I do still use it, but that is, that is about, that is about it in terms of um, books. But um, yeah, I think, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, take advantage of the social media networks that you've already built, um, you know, and 
expand those into your professional life. I think that that's um, the best thing you can do. And I just try to keep connected with everybody and always touching base with people is, is really important. You know, if you've been out of touch with them for a year and you see they've made a job change or whatever, don't let it go unnoticed. Go, oh, I see, you know, I see you moved jobs. Like, how are you liking it? Or congratulations or whatever. Just keep in touch with people because you never know, um, you know, when they might need you or you might need them. And so um, having those kind of connections on LinkedIn and on Facebook and stuff, um, I think are, are really important. Yeah, I think LinkedIn's a big thing for that. Like, it's really mm-hmm. easy because sometimes people will get a job promotion or something. And then yeah. they legit can write the co- the comment for you like, oh, congratulations. Good luck in your new role. It's like that. Exactly. Easy. Yeah, and you can exactly. Add a little, little personal touch to it. So I definitely agree. And then at least you're in a more professional realm uh, that yes. way. So then, uh, yeah. then the messaging is all there. So definitely. I exactly. Agree. Yeah. So uh, I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Madison or Maddie. I know we talked about that for coming on the show today. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out tonight to do the podcast. I know, as we all heard, really busy with the clinic um, and doing all the other stuff. So thank you again so much for coming on and, and sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, you know, been a whirlwind every year. And so, or, you know, of three years really since I graduated. And so mm-hmm. um, it's my pleasure to be able to share that uh, with you and with everybody else who listens. Awesome. So lastly, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for taking your time out again to listen to this episode. I'm hoping to release some more podcast episodes in the near future. And I'm looking to eventually start to do some of it more uh, virtually slash uh, in person slash video recording. So then I can create some more content. So um, hopefully you'll see that out soon. Um, but thank you again for listening to the show and have a safe day.